So let's give uh, the Lord the glory this morning. And as we start to look at the state of the church, it's my privilege to introduce to you our new passage for this year. Our, first of all, our theme is build. Our theme this year is build. And we're going to talk about what that encapsules and, and what that focuses on, but this is the key passage that we are looking at this coming year. It was divine sent uh, as I was in an area of the country that I tend to hear from the Lord very, very well. And God gave me this message back in August for this coming year. Paul gives us some great insight in this idea of building and how do we build. He says, according to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care of how he builds upon it. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Amen? Let's go before the Lord this morning and exalt Him in all that He has done, all that He is doing, and all that He is going to do. Let's take our hearts before Him this morning. Father in heaven, we exalt Your name. You are holy. You are set apart. You are worthy to be praised. You are glorious. You are ever-present. It is Your will that is good for us. You are building Your kingdom. You have evidenced that through sending Your Son through the building of the church and through the glorification of Your work. Let Your Spirit speak to us mightily this morning and inspire us to see Your hand at work. To know where it is that you are asking us to walk and to tread this coming year personally and as the group of believers gathered here at Concord Bible Church. Inspire each person this morning. And while, Father, the idea of a new year is a man-made concept, it is the day-in, day-out walking with you that is important and tremendously Uh, beneficial for us. It feeds us. It nourishes us. But Lord God, we are a finite, fallible people, and You know that. So we have to have these moments, these demarcations in our life, Father, where we can hit a reset button or we can reflect. So as we do both, pull us together in your grace and your mercy and your love. To you be all glory, Father. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Well, one of the issues about doing a state of the church address is that you all get to yell when you like a certain point. I just want to set the, set the concept. So when there's something you don't like, you and wave your towels in the air. You all brought your towels, right? And uh, uh, right now, I'll just have to tell you that when I think about towels, you know, you think of certain, certain sports, right? They bring their towels and they wave them to be excited. And, 
And I remember watching The Darkest Hour this past year with Churchill in the Parliament. And they would slam things, and, and it was all predicated. You know, they would vote if one guy would pull out, you know, a, a, a thing and just drop it. And then it's like, yeah, yeah, or like, boo, you know, hit the guy or something. And, and so this morning, feel free not to hit the guy, but feel free to engage. It's part of our core values that are listed up above me. There is much for us to be excited about. And so as we look at this new theme for 2019, well, how do you, you know, there, there's what's called parallelograms. There's other things like the word civic. What is that? What is that called? Where it's the same letters forwards and backwards, right? There, there's a grammatical thing. I don't, I'm calling it the year of, of reverse or reflection, right? 2019. Isn't that weird? We're coming up to the year of, of, uh, of duplication, the echo year, whatever you want to call 2020. Well, this is 2019, you know, the year of minus one, the year of... Everybody wants to categorize things. What a privilege when you live in the kingdom of God that He's already categorized it. What a privilege to look back, and I know what's coming and it is a privilege to look back and see how God has walked with us this year. When we talk about the state of the church, most of what we'll talk about today is the state of this church. But I will share with you the state of the church around the world is, is growing, it's thriving, and yet in America, I would challenge you that the church is dying. Just like it did decades ago in Western Europe. And here's one of the challenges that I find with the American church. Twelve years ago when my wife and I had the opportunity to, uh, uh, we had three job opportunities and one was to go back to Tanzania. I had led a team in 2006 over to Tanzania, Africa on a missions trip and I was being recruited to go back and, and that would have been my position and, and I was very, very excited about it. I love missions. I'm dedicated to missions and yet the Lord said, I have a mission for you and it's going to be much harder than Tanzania. It's called Northern California. It's called the Bay Area. And that's the truth, brothers and sisters. I'm hearing more and more from pastors in this area that their attendance is declining. The attitude within the church is spurious at best. The church is turning on each other. We are not mobilizing the kingdom. And that the love of Christ is not how we're being characterized. Now that's the church in the Bay Area. Let me, let me start to break out some of this. We're focusing on building. We have to start with what matters to God. Okay, yeah, this would be where you like flash your hankies and things like, there you go. Well done, Debbie. All right, we have to start with what matters to God, right? There you go. If you're visiting today, we're not normally like this. I, too much leftover eggnog. I don't know what's going on. We have a mission and vision statement here at, at Concord Bible, and you'll find that listed in your bulletin. The idea is that we desire to take the light of Christ and we see ourselves, according to Scripture, according to God's will, as ambassadors of that light of Christ. We want to take it to our church family, to our community, and to the nations. This is why Concord Bible Church exists, is to share that light of Christ. 
was a privilege this morning for my good friend Chuck to make mention as Chuck and Pam were sitting listening to the worship band uh, go through sound check and warm up, and he pulled me aside and, and, and said, I notice you're showing off the lights. If you're visiting with us, we were privileged this past week to announce that the Lord was faithful again. The lights that hang behind us are not just for casual decoration. Those lights represent the light of Christ coming into an individual that was struggling in the darkness of the world around. And through individuals at this church or ministries of this church, an individual has come into the light of Christ and that light of Christ has come into them and that is impossible. Do you understand how impossible it is to put your faith in Jesus Christ? It only happens because of God's work. And yet we have ten lights lit again. <laughs> now we're getting there. We have ten lights lit again. This is part of our mission and vision statement. So, what matters to the Lord, we can go to Revelation and we can see very clearly how He sees His church. Let me clarify, when we talk about the state of the church, what we're talking about. When I think of Rich and Trish Platt, I see them as individuals. But if Trish shows up and Rich is missing, hopefully I'm going to ask, hey, is everything okay with Rich? Because something's missing. Does that make sense? Something's missing. I want you to understand when we talk about the church, stop thinking about buildings. This is a facility. This is not a church. The church is the bride of Christ. That is how he describes this. And later on in Revelation, his words are that he will gather his bride to himself for a wedding feast and celebration. Because at that time, we will be together never to be separated. Paul, when he talks out of Ephesians 5 about this relationship between men and women in their marriages, and he uses the illustration of Christ and the church as the bride, he's not really doing a teaching. Now, this is a, this is a little challenging maybe for some people, but he's not really doing a teaching on marriage. He's doing a teaching on what it means to be the church. And in Ephesians uh, 4.21, he talks about what it means to be holy, what it means to be that bride. And at the very end, in verse 21, he says, and submit to one another out of love. And so he says, let me help you understand what that means. Look at your relationships and how they work well. When you submit to one another out of love, then that relationship is beautiful. So when we talk about the church, brothers and sisters, it's not a place you go. It's not an LLC. It's not a nonprofit. I mean, it is those things. But the church is the bride of Christ. And so the very most important thing, if you have a relationship, you shouldn't be trying to impress me in that relationship. There's one person you should be trying to impress and please. Does that make sense? One person. So if we were to start with all the other things you're going to see in a moment, 
we would have started on the wrong foot. The right place to start every year is to say, what is it that Christ, the bridegroom, would say about his bride, the church, at CBC? This verse represents one of the seven churches, the church at Philadelphia. This is the only section whereby in this passage there's a similarity where he declares who he is, then he talks about I know your works, then if there's something that's amiss or wrong within that church, he mentions it and he says, but this I hold against you. And the things that they do well, he brings those up and he gives accolades for those things. And then at the end, he says, if you turn from those things that are not good and not healthy, then we will have a restored relationship. It will be good. And then he gives a reward. He gives a reward. And in every single instance, he talks about to him who overcomes or to he who conquers. And, and, and the gender there is kind of neuter. It just, we list it as he. So don't, gals, don't check out and say, okay, that's all on the guys, okay? But this church, this church, there is nothing listed where Christ says, this I hold against you. There's a fascinating thing about the church of Philadelphia. He says, you're small, but your works are mighty. You have little power, but your works are mighty. Isn't it interesting that it's this church that the Lord has no recourse against? I would much rather be a small church that the Lord has no recourse against than to be a giant church like Ephesus, like Sardis, like all these other churches that had gone astray. Now the reality for our church is this, whether we're small, medium, or big, we have to keep this in mind. This has to be the goal in our relationship with the groom. Amen? So he says, I know your works. Behold, I have set before you an open door which no one is able to shut. I know that you have but little power, and yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. That is who we will be at Concord Bible Church. We will keep His Word, we will walk in the Spirit, and we will not deny His name. We are going to walk according to Christ. Because we seek to please Him, just like in your relationships, you do not work to somebody else's acquiescence as to how to live your life with, with the person you live with. Your primary focus is to please the one you're with. So we, we seek to please the Lord. I, it's my privilege to share with you some of the ways that that's happened this past year. So who is CBC? Well, we're 130 adults. Since 2016, that has gone down from 157 adults. We are shrinking just like every other church in America. It's time to hit the panic switch. We should all panic and stay home, right? Just stay home. Watch the podcast. Watch the live stream. Brothers and sisters... There's victory in that number. <laughs> Let me share why. Because California is impossible to live in. There has been a steady stream of beloved people, and you'll see some in the pictures in a moment, that have moved out of state but love this church tremendously. They did not move because of 
a disgruntled focus, offense. Some have walked away from the Lord. I'll be honest with you, we just lost a family that feels like there's way too much politics here. So they've moved on. Now isn't that interesting? Most presidents won't stand up and admit the challenges that the nation faces. They just want to sugarcoat it. Let me encourage you, if you're a family that's here and an insipid little idea starts to take root and break at the relationship, you have a leadership here that will sit and prayerfully listen and work through things with you. That's who we are. And when we do not take that opportunity, then the enemy has all the room to what? To steal, to kill, and to what? Destroy. By the way, be very clear, not every church is for everyone. And this leadership understands that. That's why when you visit, and if I get a conversation with you, many of you out here have experienced this from me, I'll pray with you that the Lord takes you to the church He needs you at. We have 130 adults, and praise God for that. The other thing is, I just have to be honest, you know, it's kind of like some government bureaucracy and, and voter, voter fraud. The previous attendance rolls, I was like hanging on to people that hadn't been here for three years. I just was like hopeful, and it's like, just stop doing that. So that's like, those, that's who we have. 130 adults, 21 students, uh, middle school, high school, 45 children. When my wife and I, yeah, whoa, 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 right? When my wife and I came here, we tripled the children's attendance. Not us personally, but, you know, my kids. 45, and I'm kind of spitballing here, Philip, but roughly 45, I'm guessing, is kind of your group on Friday nights when everybody comes. So that's your community, right? So... 45 in the Arabic church, and we had an incredible time praying in the new year. Can I just tell you, that's part of the culture here in America, is that we have our things that we do or we don't do. I just want to share with you something I'm extremely proud of. We had three people come uh, from our English-speaking church that they say, I don't go out at night because it's hard for me to see, and yet they came. And they are so glad they came. It was a beautiful night. A beautiful night. And we got to pray in what God is doing here. And we did it all by just those lights that are hanging as a praise to His glory. It was wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Right, Manal? It was wonderful. Do you know we have 12 that meet in an Indian church or Indian fellowship on Friday nights as well now? And that started this year. God, God started that this year. So much so that, that, that Dave and Sujana just said, enough, we're going back to India. And they're in India right now. I know you guys are watching. So God bless your parents, Sujana. I hope you guys are getting a great time out there. Uh, but you better come back. We have 25 roughly in Celebrate Recovery. Garrett, is that a rough estimation? Yeah, the total community, the total community. Uh, well, there you go. Amen, brother. You're doing what I used to do in 2017 and 18. I like that. <laughs> so when you add all that up, we're talking about 278 souls at CBC. That's, that's the demographic, okay? 
So a lot of presidents get up on the State of the Union and they, they tout inflated numbers. These are not inflated numbers. This is the reality of who we are as a church. Are you inspired? I am. Build. 1 Corinthians 3, 10-11. We've already talked through this a little bit, but let me, let me run us through this just real briefly. Uh, let me back it up. As we... What's going on here? Here we go. Okay. As we look at this demographic, this does not represent who Conquer Bible Church is. Especially if you're visiting today, I want to try to give you a flavor of it. I want to give you a taste. This in no way represents so much of what happened. How many of you attended the forgiveness conference we had last February? Anybody in the room? I was not able to be here. They do a lot of things when I'm not here. A lot of things behind my back. But the greatest thing that can happen for me is to hear how great something was when I'm gone. That's such a pleasure. So many things like that are not even on this list. There's very little that, that is on what you're about to see and experience that is even part of our Sunday morning gathering. This is just a small representation so I promise this coming year I'll try to get more pictures from all the different ministries. But I want to give you a flavor, especially if you're visiting today, I want to give you a flavor a little bit of, of what was 2018 like? Was God with us? Were we strong and courageous this past year? So let's, let's watch this. Top centers, Shelby Parkinson, as she was preparing to leave on a missions trip. Bottom left corner is a men's breakfast in my backyard, because we were freezing. It was a real man's group. And then uh, there's just pictures of David eating nonstop. Engaging in community. Now, most of these look like they're staged. I hate staged pictures. These people had no idea I was snapping these pictures. And how great that picture of Linda and Kathy. Do you know that Linda and Mary Lou prepare our communion for every Sunday? Serving the Lord, serving you. Some pictures from Easter last year and some pictures from VBS. We want to say thank you to Laura Huffman who served faithfully in our children's and helped us get to that 45 number. And Megan as well. And Melody who's carrying the burden by herself while Megan's on, on maternity leave. Anderson's bringing back bow ties. <laughs> Vacation Bible School, shipwrecked. There's so much to be joyful about, especially looking at all that sunshine on a day like today, right? Where it was about 85, 90 degrees that day. And we had outreach going out into our community 
And to this day, there's a family that's coming to our church that was introduced through VBS. We're very, very excited about that. We had four kids except Christ in our, our VBS this year. Amen. None of the VBS could have taken place had not you gotten behind it and served in this as a whole church. If you can look, this is Sandy Cornish right here. She's running everything. Right there. She's running it all from right there. Is that not great? And I'm not talking about myself. Look at the joy of those two people. And they just wrote such a loving card to, to Janine and I in just how much Samuel misses this church. And Vivian got to visit here as well. They're in Michigan. We no longer have Samuel. But what a privilege. Think about what we learned in Acts this year. Well, for the past three years. <laughs> Think about what we learned in Acts and how the Lord placed people in different places to carry out His work. At that wedding, I got to re-familiarize myself with some old faces. My man CJ right here, and Steve, and Becky, and I didn't, I didn't cut London out of the picture. PowerPoint did that, so don't blame me. But then Chris and Jess, Booth and Newt, this was at Jess's baptism. And I'll have the privilege of reading a letter that they sent to us that I want you to hear. Oh... And another great moment in the history of our church. One of my favorite things in this, look at Sony sporting the shades. That, that's man style. Just great. Just phenomenal. This year in outreach, we, start, we had a national conference here for the first time ever with Immigrant Hope. These are the people that came from all over the nation that are now going to go out from what they learned here and make a difference for those that are suffering, trying to know how to legally be part of a greater place and greater hope. And I'm proud of our denomination saying we're not going to sit by in the weeds. We're going to stand up and we're going to do what we can to present a godly answer, a compassionate answer in a political, something that's been politicized, and do that in a legal and fair way. Amen. Uh, we also participated in Bay Area Rescue Mission. We did a great job with that. Again, another shot of Shelby. But this was just fantastic. We just finished out with the live action nativity. And we'll have another picture on that shortly. Uh, we were privileged to have CJ come into our family this year. And this is one of the bad things. I don't have a lot of pictures. CJ's got them all. So... I don't have a whole lot of pictures, but this year they went to one of the greatest places on earth, Campus by the Sea, and they're down here worshiping by the ocean on, on Catalina Island. And this is Gentry's youth group. Every Friday night, my, my daughter gets to care for and minister to uh, the Arabic children from, uh, from our Friday night group, which is just fantastic. And uh, sometimes our kids like to just dress up, and David gets horrified by it. He just doesn't know what to do with it. This is something I'm, I'm just going to take personal value in. Uh, we invest in the next generation. It's part of our vision here. 
And so we've been blessed by different individuals that have helped run Lifetime. We've been blessed by uh, David Jokes, or not David Jokes, um, Brian Jokes, who's helped us with worship, and Andrea, and uh, individuals that are part of William Jessup University that have come and served us and cared for us. And that's where we were blessed with getting CJ. Um, my son is going to graduate, he better graduate, <laughs> in, uh, in four short months. And he was featured in an article called My Story. And I couldn't be more proud of what his testimony is in this story. Amen. So investing in the next generation is what this church did this past year. Edifying one another. Here we have the 60th birthday for birthday party for Hanny and Elham that was put on by uh, friends and, and people that love them. And this was my dad's 90th birthday. And uh, he just absolutely, when he met the Huffmans on the Israel trip in 2009, he fell in love with the Huffmans. Who doesn't fall in love with the Huffmans? And he person that was the only request he had. For the, week, for the week when he came out. Can you please make sure the Huffmans are at any kind of a gathering we might have? And then this guy right here is just phenomenal. Uh, let me just brag about what he does ministry-wise. It's an inspiration. We'll be talking about that at, at our ministry meeting after service. Alan's work since the day we started 12 years ago has been standing through the entire service Every Sunday. Every Sunday. So that individuals can go back and, and experience if they miss. Now he's live streaming. He's doing all this work on his own. And it's not just there. He, he spends hours at home putting all this together so people can experience this. And our message is going all over the world. It literally is going all over. We have people all over the world. So when you think about our vision statement and our mission statement, it's being realized because of Alan's service. So we now need to encourage Alan to pass that on to the younger generation, not fully, but train up some other people. And, and so that they have that buy-in and that we grow in that, edifying one another. By the way, he outfished me that weekend, so I'm no longer talking to him. So. <laughs> This was how we concluded 2019, with sheep. But what a beautiful picture. What an absolutely beautiful picture. The donkey's very uncooperative. Next year, we're going to rent a donkey suit. So if you want to try out for the donkey, um, no volunteering anybody. Uh, but uh, what a beautiful picture as a conclusion. And so many stories coming from all the work, all the effort that we did as an outreach. So many stories. My, neighbor, my neighborhood walked from, I wish I could tell you 15 blocks away, but just across the street. But they walked all the way here and were just so impressed and came in and just fellowshiped with our people. It was just a huge, tremendous thing that we all participated in together. Now, in closing of this part, what was 2018? I mentioned Jessica and Chris, who I love. Chris calls me Peej. 
That's his little name for me, Peach. We received a letter from them in the middle of December, and I wanted to read it to you. They write, to our brothers and sisters at CBC, we miss you all so much, and this beautiful church will always have a special place in our hearts as the space where we both first met Christ and received his spirit. No matter where God takes us, we will never forget the tremendous love we receive from you. We pray that you have a blessed Christmas season. We love you, Chris and Jess Boothenuth. Just tremendous. I, I hope that you're encouraged by that. So when we look back on 2018, this was just a small piece, and we can go to the next PowerPoint, and we're going to look at some things from Scripture now to wrap up where we're going there is no greater privilege than to know that God was with you. That God was here. God was present. So how do we build on that? How do we build on that? Well, my encouragement is for you to really study this, this passage. Actually, verses 10 through 15. But again, Paul's saying, According to the grace of God given to me like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Let me take us through some points here. Number one, what is the state of our church? Well, I talked about this previously. That I believe the state of our church is one that God is present. There's a great joy in that. God is raising up people. But here's something that I sense as your shepherd. I feel that there have been many that have carried the torch for a long time here. I feel like there are many that are part of our church that have had relationship with Christ for a long time, which is a blessed and wonderful thing. But sometimes we get a little less inspired. And sometimes we start dragging our feet and the enemy wants to discourage us and get us distracted with all the periphery that's going on. One of the reasons that churches are seeing a decline is because we've gotten so distracted. You remember my comment about Tanzania versus Concord, right? One of the reasons I was much more excited about Tanzania is they really don't have much there. One of the greatest challenges for the church here in America is we have so much that we're too distracted to really care about involving God or seeking God or seeking a daily walk. We're too distracted. Does that resonate for you? So if we know that, what do we do about it? What do we do about it? What's the state of the church in the Bay Area? I already shared with you a little bit about that. What's the state of the church in God's eyes? Well, that's the important question. So what are, the state of the church in God's eyes is that we are the bride of Christ. That we're to live a holy life. And I'm going to give definition to this in a moment. We're to live a holy life. But we've got to build on that foundation. I'm going to ask my wife, the, the lovely Vanna in my life, to bring me this white bag. And as we do so, I want to give you kind of a visual understanding of, of what I'm trying to share. Thank you. You did that very well. So what are we building? 
If the question here is, how can we be excited about what, or, or how do we know that God is pleased with us, if, if that's the preeminent thing we have to examine, the question is, is does God explain what He desires from His church? He does, absolutely. I'm going to give you a small piece of it. A small piece of it. I will tell you, the other churches that He mentions in Revelation, that He holds accountable, the things that they do wrong is idolatry, they give themselves over to seeking pleasure. They give themselves over to seeking uh, material gain. They give themselves over to um, sensuality. They give themselves over to other leaders. They give themselves over to uh, false teaching. Do we want to please the Lord? Then we have to protect against all of that. Please hear clearly that it's that same Christ that said in his high priestly prayer to his father before he went to the cross, he says, protect the disciples, protect them from the world. Don't take them out of the world, but protect them from the world. So we have a huge challenge, brothers and sisters. We live in the Bay Area, which is one of the hardest places to do church or be the church in the entire world because we're running at a frenetic pace. And there are so many burdens on us. Can I encourage you, if you're going to take a resolution this year, cut off some of the weight. Cut off some of the weight that, that keeps you from thriving in your walk with the Lord. Okay? Let me, uh, let me show you a little thing that we do at my house for Christmas. How many of you still have Christmas up? We took Christmas decorations down. Here yesterday and uh, every year we put up these blocks somewhere in the in the living room and they spell Merry Christmas two years ago we started a tradition where we got very excited about you can come up and you can make a new word whatever that would be well the thing I want to help you with is understanding what Paul is talking about here and I'm going to try to do this backwards. And I want you to understand what it is that he's talking about. This is your foundation. Did I misspell it? What did I spell? Oh. Crit. That's your foundation. Crit. There we go. Thank you for helping me. There's your foundation. Now, what can we build on it? Well, I'm not exactly sure because I only have so many letters, and that's the challenge that we have at our house. How do you spell something else out? And sometimes I have to tell you, it doesn't, it doesn't come out well there at all. But I will tell you that if Christ is the foundation, the one thing I do know is that if my foundation is Christ, then I can succeed. Then I can build. Can you imagine me trying to put me at the foundation and put Christ on top of that? It doesn't work. It doesn't work. I'm going to leave the rest of these blocks off because it'll take me an hour to figure out how to make something out of it. But to help us understand where we're going this year, what are we building at CBC? We're, improbable, we're an improbable group of Christ followers here. 
That's who we are. And we're excited about it. We're a church that's building new leadership. If you're part of our elder team this past year, please stand. You got to do this fast. I'm running short on time. Thank you. So, Hanny and Scott, thank you. And if you're going to be part of our elder leadership team this coming year, please stand. So we exchange one Egyptian for another. What you don't see is Brad is on his way to pick up Nancy at the airport right now. So Brad Walter is going to be joining the team. And David Yarlagata, who is in India, um, is going to be part of that team. We're building new leadership. And we're very, very excited about that. After <coughs> our service today, we're going to be working with our new leadership teams. And I just want to say thank you to everybody who served this past year. We're a church that's ready for change, right? Amen. <laughs> that was so good. That was, that was not bad. That was not bad. But how many of you uh, really got upset at the major changes that happened this past year? Can you name any of them? See, that's my point. For people who hate change, we had major changes this year. And right now, you're like, what are you talking about? But we just resist change because we like what we like. We like what we like. We are a group that's ready for change because we handled it well this year. A church that reflects the church in Acts. It was no mistake we went through the book of Acts for two years to get ready for this. We wanted to see how the church grew, how the church was established, and where the church is going according to God and according to the Holy Spirit and according to His Word. We've set that foundation on who? On Christ. A church that will need the miraculous to happen. We're going to need the miraculous to happen. Brothers and sisters, there are some major challenges coming our way. And we're going to need the miraculous to happen. That's a, a, a nice teaser for be here next week for the annual meeting. What do we need to be? We need to be holy. We need to be holy. One of the best things that I could do in my life to whoever I was going to marry was to let that person know that I worked really hard going into my marriage to give her an individual that saved themselves for that person, that set themselves apart for that person. And I remember being in a hallway, uh, not a hallway, but a room in a hall, and getting dressed with all my groomsmen, and I'm sitting there thinking, I did it. I can't mess this one up now. Yay, I got, it th I got there. I presented myself holy, set apart. This is what Christ asks for from his church. James 4 talks about it. Stop being an adulterous people and cheating on me. Purify your hearts. Draw near to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. We need to be a holy church. We need to be committed and disciplined. 
This means staying focused in the word. This means staying focused on relationship with him. This means staying focused as a community of believers and not tailing off because life has just, what, distracted us. We need to be ambassadors of Christ. If we're going to light these lights and more. By the way, I feel inspired to put more lights up. Are you with me? Then you better light them up. You better light them up. We need to be ambassadors of Christ. We need to be authentic. If you're visiting today, you may say, well, he's not very stoic, and he's not very polished, and he's not very... Look, man, cut me some slack. I'm wearing a tie, okay? Because <laughs> I don't usually do that either. But I love God. And God has called me to preach His Word and to encourage and shepherd the body. So I will be the same person in this pulpit as I will talking with you in your house or having coffee with you. We will be authentic here at Conquer Bible Church. And you can be authentic here. Because your pastor's not perfect, so don't feel the pressure for you to be perfect. Okay? That doesn't mean run out and just go start messing around, okay? That's not what I'm saying. We need to be seekers of Christ and not perishable things. I learned really simply the past, the past few months, I, I really wanted to drop some weight, but I kept eating a double smoked bacon from Starbucks every morning. And I would get on the scale and be like, why is nothing changing? Because you're not seeking the right things. And we wonder why spiritually we're dry. Brothers and sisters, seek the right things and you'll no longer be spiritually dry. 1 Corinthians 3, 10 through 15. As I wrap up today, remember we're building, that's the scripture that we're talking about, what are we building? We're building on the foundation of Christ. We're building on what has already been built. We're building skillfully like Paul says and we're building with integrity. And we build to last. Let me encourage you in a practical way and application before I ask Scott to come on up. Start personally with this encouragement. Start personally. Let Christ build within you the relationship so that you are a worthy bride that seeks the bridegroom on a daily basis. Okay? Next, we're building the kingdom. We're building the kingdom. You heard Chris and Jess and their testimony. One of these lights is for Chris. The previous year, one of those lights was for Jess. You are building the kingdom. And by the way, there's only so much I can do. Chris and Jess had relationship with you all. And what we hear over and over from individuals here at, at CBC, what I hear is the relationship that they have that draws them back here. They see Christ. They feel Christ in you. Lastly, the church. We want to build a church that lasts. My favorite quote every year is very simple. Well, we outlasted Elephant Bar. <laughs> and I loved Elephant Bar. We've been here 52 years. Do you know how many small churches fold every year? 
but this church is small and mighty. And God is with us. What a privilege. Let me close in prayer, then I'm going to call Brother Scott up to lead us in some information for a ministry moment. Let's bow our hearts. Father, it is a privilege to be before you. It is a privilege to have you here with us, that we would walk in a manner worthy of our salvation, that this church would be missed in heaven, earth, and hell if it refused to exist. Thank you, Father, that it is a privilege and it is exciting for me to stand before the church and give an account of what has happened this past year and to see that you have been with us. So often this phrase, Emmanuel, is reserved for just Christmas time, but it is a beautiful understanding that you are with us. Thank you. Help us build. Help us build in 2019 and beyond. Let us build personally through a seeking of your Son. Let us build the kingdom because this is your expectation for us and our involvement with you. And let us build your church as a result of walking hand in hand and fulfilling our ministry. To you be the glory. Amen.